Hey, so first of all, thanks for being here. Um, this is the beginning of the audio portion, the podcast series, conversation series, or whatever you want to call it, um, version of Dear Textiles. Uh, so I wanted to put together some audio in case um, people would prefer to listen rather than read. And this first one is just an interview with me. <laughs> an interview? Not really an interview. It's just me talking to myself. Um, and now you get to hear it. Um, but I guess, I guess I was talking to myself technically, but I was actually sharing why I started this. And um, I felt like it was best to start out with my own stories before I asked other people to share their own um, words which will be happening in other episodes. So here in this podcast, we'll be talking about how craft and the act of making can create change, both internally as well as externally, and asking how making something out of nothing can help us build our future while simultaneously connecting us to our past. And well, here we go. So here we are. It's the morning. Maybe you'll hear some birds or my dog or my cat. <laughs> but I wanted to start this out because, well, just me, because I've been sharing people's stories for years and this time I wanted to share my own first because I want to ask people to share their stories and I've told a lot of stories but haven't always been great about sharing where I came from the truth of why I came to craft and the truth of why it's so important to me so this is a beginning of a new little project and we'll see where it goes and the truth is that when I used to joke that craft saved my life, I, I wasn't kidding. And it wasn't hyperbole. Hyperbole? Hyperbole? Weird word. Anyway, the first time I ever stitched anything outside of Girl Scouts or camp was with my grandmother. I was 11 or 12, and, and it was a bookmark with a cow on it that we cross-stitched. She took me to the craft store, and we picked it out. It was the first time I felt much agency in what I could create. I did win a prize for a painting in elementary school once, but it was the way the, the stitching felt and how when I was gifted a book of, a, of the stitched alphabet, I was amazed that I could stitch anything I wanted. My mom still has the I love you that I crudely stitched for her on cloth. So years later, when I was living in New York, I was looking for something to do to volunteer and naively thought about knitting because I naively thought that only older people knit and I miss my grandparents, so it seemed like a good fit. When I went to a work meeting soon after to ask people if they knew anyone who knew how to knit, almost all of them raised their hands. But no one else knew that anyone else in the department knit. And... That meeting was pretty funny when everyone raised their hands and went, what, you, you too? Yeah. 
A coworker synced me up with a knitting circle and my friend Charisse and I went and it was like entering a safe warm space like my grandmother's house. Only it was full of women sharing stories and skills and eating hand homemade food and making various things. I remember there was someone talking about their divorce. And when we were taught to knit by one woman, she would teach us for a few minutes and then walk away and then somebody else would come by and say, no, 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 it's this way. And there was magic in that because there was no right way. I had taken art classes in college and was told that I was doing it the wrong way. And I loved that there was no right way in craft, just your way. Or the way your mom had taught you, or the way your grandmother had taught you, or your friends, or, or something, or now YouTube. But the fact that there was no right way was amazing. And later, as I knit in my aunt's apartment where I was living, I felt closer and closer to my grandmother. And most importantly, I felt safe for the first time in a long time as I held the yarn in my fingers and it gently ran through them. I could see the results of my effort dangling from my needles, a holy yet functional Kelly Green scarf. That was the beginning of me making my own future. I was piecing together that I could make something from essentially nothing and make what I wanted versus what was in the store. Amazing, right? Like, you didn't have to choose from the five scarves at the Gap. You could make your own. Incredible. So I could finally make something versus forcing myself to pretend I wanted to make music or skateboard both fine pursuits, but they were more of something that I was trying to do to be cool. Not because I liked it. I was also terrible. <laughs> My late teens and 20s were pretty self-destructive, and along the way I met some pretty bad people too and found myself in some pretty bad situations. And I had numbed myself to everything around me but feeling like I was in my grandmother's living room, making something with her there guiding me, with all the people in my family that had made things, and all the people in the world that had made things as well behind me, I felt rooted and grounded and connected like I ever had before. Yes, I had been attacked and I'd retreated into myself to protect myself, but it was craft that showed me that there was another way, that I didn't have to implode I mean, I did employ a little bit after that, but it started to ground me as I stitched. Grounding to myself, ground me to being in this world, ground me to feeling again through the yarn. And that was a tether to life. So then learning how women had stitched nappies in Argentina for their missing children and how Gandhi had led the Kadi movement in India and Louisa Pessel had helped former soldiers stitch an altar cloth in England and Chilean women stitched the stories of their missing sons and husbands and Jim Simpson in Australia unpicked socks to, sti to stitch a map of his country while a prisoner of war in World War II and how in geographically isolated places like G's Bend, quilts had been made from pants worn out in fields and in Japan, clothes were mended again and again and again and again out of necessity. And following the thread of making throughout the world and all the grief and love and joy and sadness 
and inequity and terrible things that had happened to people. Stories unlike my own. But and I and I found this resilience that was beautiful and that wasn't found at the mall. And that was found through people's stories. And it was life changing. And I was coming out of numbness into a worldwide community of strength and love and stories and resilience. And years later, when I stitched affirmations to heal the raw memories that had come up for the first time a few years ago, I felt that again. How it washed away the hot shame that I felt of things that had happened that I had locked away and preserved for no one else to see. Because I thought I was... Who would want to know the real me after things that had happened? Who would want to know that and love that? And so stitching things for my project, You Are So Very Beautiful, was a way to maybe connect with people that also weren't feeling so great about themselves. And and that was a really healing, tiny project. And But it showed me how in our craft we are making the future that we want to see. We are taking the past and using it as a strength from those who came before us and showing up in good times and bad like they did too. Stitching connection and humanity and perseverance into everything we make. But this is my story, so there are so many other stories as well. And strengths and lessons that they took from what they learned. So I want to learn more about them. And I want to share via audio so that people can listen if they prefer to listen versus read. And I want to learn about experiences that are wholly unlike mine. Because craft is something that happens all over the world, but we don't always see that. And I think in the past, I've thought a lot about what people made, but not always who made them. And that was a huge failing of mine. But in research and seeing how much of life and all the things we are, the bad things, the good things, the amazing things, the unknown things, show up and our stitches and yeah I wish a lot of things that had happened to me hadn't happened and the complete feeling like I couldn't show up in my full self and tell my full stories and through coming back to what I had made I was able to see that Whatever I was feeling when I was stitching, someone else somewhere felt. So in my craft, I was never alone. And that's before you get to the internet where you're never alone either, really. So I wanted to share stories from people working now in all sorts of directions, creating their own futures, healing their own hearts, helping others. 
and all of the other myriad ways that craft allows us to be our best selves and find ourselves and find like-minded others too, even if their stories are completely different than ours, especially if their stories are completely different than ours. Because that's how we learn and connect and grow and learn new things. So this little project is a love letter to craft and stitching and making. And while it's a reminder to myself of that connection with my grandmother and her living room, I hope it's also a reminder to you that what you make is important, has meaning, and is steering you forward even if you don't know it yet. Because making is powerful. In times where I thought I couldn't do anything, the fact that I could show up and stitch something simple and see it grow, even if it was like that holy green scarf that I made 20 years ago now, more than that, um, you're making something. And you're with it. You're present in that moment. And there is someone else making something in this world right now feeling the same thing and that's amazing to me that we are never alone and maybe you don't stitch maybe you cook or maybe you run or maybe you garden or something and that's the amazing thing about these things that we find solace in and connection in and ourselves in that we're never alone in them because they're universal and someone else is running and thinking they can't do it and and they can't go that you know another step right now with you as you're running and listening to this or as you're cooking and um and working through a new recipe and for me it's craft and seeing how things are threaded so many puns everywhere um and connection is threaded through all of it and it's beautiful I found that when I've stitched in public there have been people that have come up to me that We've spoken different languages and they have, when we realize we spoke different languages, they have um, mimed maybe like knitting or sishing or given me a thumbs up or something and a smile. And in that moment, we were able to connect and looking into the history and the research of, of how people have healed themselves through craft was important to find too because it healed me and it's still healing me and hopefully we'll do that into the future and hearing stories heals me too and so this is going to be a series of people sharing in their own words why craft is important to them what they're doing with craft and 
how they're building connection with themselves, with other people, toward the future in ways that they both know and will come to learn in the future. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for showing up and making. And there have been times where I've stopped making altogether because I've been too scared or overwhelmed to be there in the creation of something. When I started this and thinking about sharing stories, I stopped making, which made me feel super ashamed and embarrassed. I talk about making all the time. I should be making all the time, right? Not always. Sometimes in lectures, I talk about how you see those paintings in museums and they're and the dates of creation are like 20 years. I doubt that person worked on that painting for 20 years. But they probably came back to it when they needed it. When it felt good, when it felt hard, when it felt when they felt lonely. So our act of creating, whether it's craft or something else, is an act of connection. And I'm kind of probably there's a Making is Connecting is a, a book by David Garland, which is really good. And um, and I, I think about that idea a lot about making as connection. And, and yeah, I think it's important what we make. Um, but I think it's also important to share why we make. Because we're making and growing at the same time and learning new skills and becoming confident in ourselves it's a huge act of confidence to make a garment I mean a scarf yeah you could probably fit it around your neck no matter how long it is if you have some buttons it could be super short but making a shirt or stitching a sweater or there's so much confidence that comes with making something and having it fit or having it completely not fit and then figuring out what you did wrong. So whether you're currently making something or have something on the needles or have an idea, it's okay. Months have gone by, in some cases years for me with making, depending on what was happening. But what I learned, how I grew those lessons were all still there and the tools themselves were there too waiting for me to pick them up to play to create to try new things to connect to new people and they will be there too whenever you need them and these stories will be here as well and um may you find something in them and if you want to share your own story please get in touch or share the story of someone that you know or a family member or I once heard a story in in a knitting circle about World War II there were hats that um, people made and they made them in a different color I think it was the Netherlands um, to show that they were part of their resistance And I heard that once in a knitting circle and have never been able to find that story again through research. And I want to hear more of those stories and know more of those stories. 
that are happening now that happened decades ago because I want to know more about how the craft has helped us connect. How it's helped you connect yourself to yourself, connect you to others, your histories, both relatively current and long forgotten because making is powerful and you are powerful in that making so if that's all you get from this just remember that I see you in what you're making and it's important you're important so keep it up keep going We need you and your stories and what you make. And um, yeah, so that's it for me and the birds and my dog and my growling stomach. (laughs) And hopefully you'll stick around and hear the other stories that I have to share. I hope so. Take care. So thanks for listening to me. Um, This is a new thing for me. And my background is in punk and DIY. And I stressed about it not being perfect. And, And then I realized, no, I started talking about gravitivism. And I didn't know what I was doing there either. But I learned. So I wanted to put something out there that was imperfect because we're all imperfect. And um, and I, I like imperfect stories. <laughs> and, um, and good stories. And you'll be hearing more from other people um, who have kindly shared from me coming up and you can sign up for my newsletter which will be um, I'll be sharing about future conversations there and uh, with links to there you can follow me on social media and yeah so um, if you have a project that you are worried about or want to put out or you're then um, just do it I was freaked out to do this and delayed and delayed and delayed because it was new and scary but here we are. <laughs> and uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen. I appreciate you and hope you'll come back. Thanks. <laughs>